This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Friday edition of The Yard. It is actually late Thursday night as I record this, and uh, I contemplated recording in the morning, but uh, there, there's a lot of things going on that we need to talk about. I believe that a uh, dialogue is healthy for all of us, and I am going to confess some things today, uh, some feelings that I had, some thoughts that I had initially when I learned about the Mississippi State uh, practice boycott, and then I'm going to share with you some things that I have learned since those initial thoughts and my thoughts now. It's going to run the gambit, and I'm sure many of you feel much like I did when I first heard the news that uh, we were not going to practice football on Thursday. And then since that time, again, I have, uh, I've had a chance to talk to some people intimately involved in the decision on Thursday, and I want to share that with you. I'm not going to quote anybody. I was told some things in confidence. I want to make sure that you're aware of them because we are a family, and in times like these, especially when there are disagreements within the family, I think it's best for us to know the facts. It is easy to make an elevated emotional decision initially. I, I am probably, you know, people, you, you guys give me more credit for being level-headed than I deserve. It's just a lot of times I wait to, to speak or write or broadcast after I have had the opportunity to kind of digest more of the facts. And so what appears to be uh, level-headed at times is really just a little more educated uh, on certain factors. And so I'm going to share some of that with you today. Before I do, there are many of you that reach out to me and say, Steve, thanks for this, and thanks for that, and whatever we can do to support you. The best way to support me is to go to alphadogsthebook.com and order yourself some books, whether it be Alpha Dogs, and that's going to be tentative release dates about 30 days from now. About 28, 30 days, four weeks from now, we will uh, we'll be shipping those pre We'll receive those pre-orders, and then we'll sign them and send them out, not scheduling any signings uh, until we have an opportunity to get in October. And there will be some in-person signings as long as, uh, as my health and the circumstances that allow me to stay healthy exist. I don't want to put myself, my family, or you at risk. And so if we can do those things safely, we're going to do it. But the best way to ensure that you get a signed and personalized copy of any books, whether it be Flim Flam or Stark Villains or Alpha Dogs, because uh, you, you go to alphadogsthebook.com and you can order them there. There are some things that I want to get into about Flim Flam at a later date. But I do want to kind of leave a little bit of a teaser here. There is something pretty, really, really cool that is going on with Flim Flam that might necessitate me re-releasing perhaps an expanded edition of Flim Flam. That's right. And, I, and listen, I don't know when it's going to happen, uh, but there, let me just say there is something really, 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 really cool that uh, is underway, and I will provide you more details as I have them, 
But uh, there's a little more of the story to be told. And uh, there are some people that are very interested in the story. And so that's a little bit of a tease, I know. Another way that you can support me is by going to jeanspage.com. We are the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. Very happy with the network. It's been better than I ever imagined it would be. It's been wonderful. Went out last Friday night, wore my 247 Sports shirt with pride. I'll probably do something similar tomorrow. I will be on the road Friday night going to Tishomingo County, going to Iuka, Mississippi for the first time to cover a football game. My good friend Richard Russo is the coach up there. Jim Riley, offensive lineman up there at Mississippi State, is recruiting. Has not offered yet. Is playing the Jamboree against Potts Camp. So I'm going to make the, the, take the opportunity to go up there. We've got some other Mississippi kids that I can see on their weekend. But I wanted to get up there and kind of get this knocked out. One of the things that irritates me is when we as a network don't have a lot of good pictures of kids that we cover a lot. And uh, I went to see Eli Ritchie last weekend. I uh, thought he played pretty well. You know, first game, not to mention, and I, listen, this is not about me, okay, but for these 17-year-old kids, all of a sudden the guy shows up with a camera and a video camera, and he's, uh, you know, scouting you, and he's got a nationally uh, branded shirt on, it's going to get your attention, and so I understand that, I also understand what a big deal it is for us to be there, and it's not something that I ever take lightly. But I don't like the fact, like, give you a good example, like if Eli Ritchie flips to Mississippi State, the only picture that we had of him was in an Ole Miss Junior Day wearing an Ole Miss lanyard. And all due respect to Ole Miss, we're not going to have pictures of Mississippi State commitments wearing Ole Miss regalia. We're just not going to do it. So I went out there and I got some pictures. I'll do the same thing for Jim Riley. The pictures that I was provided from Jim were just kind of okay. We're going to get some good pictures of our own. And so in the event he becomes a Bulldog, we'll have some quality images we can use. So uh, thank you guys so much. I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know now because of the the, uh, the importance of today's show, not going to have a top ten list. And uh, so many of you have been so gracious. And since your kind words, uh, people corrected me. I, I didn't know the name of the singer from Alabama. It's been a long time. I have an Alabama album on vinyl back home. But I have not listened to Alabama voluntarily in many, many years. Of course, when you go over to Tuscaloosa, you hear, you know, Dixieland Delight or whatever it is. But be that as it may. Not going to do a top ten list today because, I, quite frankly, I think, you know, I don't want the importance of the words or the topic to be kind of washed away by a discussion about some songs we can talk about any other day. So no top ten list today. Uh, just kind of hang in here with me, and uh, we'll get back on track next week. This kind of reminds me of the show when we talked about the flag. I am not going to get political today. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm kind of an apolitical person, even though that I have some strong political views. I just, I've learned that I, um, I value my friends more than I value certain political opinions. Does that make sense? And so I would rather keep you guys as friends rather than alienate you because we may have differing opinions on political views. Because I, I live in a maroon state. You know what I'm saying? That's what's important to me. I am a Mississippi State guy first. And, uh, and so I, I like the, the ties that bind and the things that kind of draw us uh, together as a family. And so I'm not going to speak about any political issues today. I'll save that for somebody else. But uh, we are going to talk about some sensitive things today. I'm going to speak from the heart. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel, exactly how I felt. And I hope that many of these words resonate uh, with you. I don't know how long we go today, but every word is brought to you by Bulldog Burger Company. Bulldog Burger Company 
without a doubt, the best place to eat a hamburger in North Mississippi. I mean, there's no question about it. And there's two locations to serve you now. You go by, you have the spring rolls at each location right here on University Drive in Stark Vegas, the flagship, and then on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Great locations, great people, great prices, great food. A great restaurant-quality hamburger can be had by all a Bulldog Burger Company. Go by, find your own favorites, and you know what? If, if, if you're not quite like me, and not many people are, I like to try different things. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm an addict, and so it's easy for me to fall into ruts. You know, it's like, well, this is what I always get when I go to this place, and it works for me. But everything at Bulldog Burger Company uh, works for me. And so sometimes, sometimes I change it up. Sometimes I have the smokehouse. Other times I have the pimentology, add bacon. And sometimes I just get the bulldog. You know, they had that little family special here a while back, and we got the bulldog and uh, was really happy with that. So if you just want a straight-ahead rock and roll hamburger, you get the bulldog. You want to walk on the wild side a little bit, change it up a little bit. A lot of different options. They have daily specials, a lot of options to choose from. If you, if you don't want a hamburger, perhaps you want to eat, you know, quote, a little healthier uh, you can get some fa- some fabulous salads there, and I've shared with you guys before. I don't know that I have ever completely finished a salad from Bulldog Burger Company. That's how substantial it is. Bulldog Burger Company, the place for people in Starkville and now Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. So on Thursday afternoon, I got a message. Hey, Mississippi State is not going to practice today. I'm thinking, what? why are we not practicing? I mean, the hurricane's not going to be anywhere near us. What's going on? And I said, well, some of the players... Uh, want to boycott practice and it really wasn't a boycott per se that's how it was billed you know because the words like boycott bring power that's one of the reasons I think we sold so many copies of Flim Flam is we had some bookstores out there boycotting the book and so boycotting you know is a trigger type word people hear that and they think oh wait a minute and so here is what I have learned that happened I guess let me back up a little bit on that so my first reaction when I heard that we'd boycott practice, okay, well, this can't be true. Well, then I start reaching out to a couple of people that normally call back right away or text back immediately, or at least they say, hey, I'm in a meeting. Give me a few minutes. I'll call you back. Uh, I didn't get a response. And usually when that happens, something is afoot. And it's very rare that people at Mississippi State who are employed by Mississippi State uh, don't respond. You know, it's just... And that's, not, that's got nothing to do with me. That's just the fact they're, they're professionals at their job, and uh, they, they understand how important it is to convey the proper information uh, to the media. And so that happened. It raises an eyebrow. And then uh, I got a phone call from somebody out at the practice field and said, hey, listen, uh, this deal's not going to go down today. Not going to go down today. And so my initial reaction, once I had all this data together, I said, man, this is awful. This is absolutely awful. And my, you know, I began to think, you know, Mississippi State didn't do anything. You know, so why is Mississippi State being kind of thrust into public controversy? I told you guys I'm a Mississippi State guy first. And so, you know, players and coaches kind of come and go, but Mississippi State as an institution is near and dear to my heart. And I've got a tremendous amount of respect for every coach and player that ever wears a maroon and white. But my loyalty is to Mississippi State. And so when Mississippi State, I believe the image – is uh, tarnished or in some way, you know, kind of brought into disrepair publicly. I thought, man, this is going to be bad for Mississippi State and people are going to be critical and our fans are going to freak out. And I'll be honest with you, the first thing I said to myself is, man, this is so incredibly selfish. That was my first reaction. I said, this is awful. I called a couple friends, had some, had some former players call me. 
I said, hey, what are you hearing? I was like, is this true? We're not practicing today. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know all the details. I just know we're not practicing. We were scheduled to practice today, and the trainers are out there uh, setting up practice for kids that aren't coming, for young men that aren't coming. Excuse me. I don't want to be disrespectful. And so I get on social media, and I get on message boards, and, and I would say 95% of the people kind of had the same reaction I did initially. This is bad. This is bad. Why are we doing this? People say, hey, they're, they're seeking attention. And I had some people say, you know, listen, this isn't even going to be a blip on a national radar. Yes, we're down here in Mississippi. We're, we're far away from all that stuff. This is, this is really silly. And so you kind of let it sit in a little bit. And that's the thing, too. If you talk to enough people, you know, you can find people that agree with your line of thinking. They, they'll gash you up a little bit. You know what I'm talking about. Because no matter how miserable you are or somebody else, it's worse off and they want to make you feel bad. And if you feel good, there's always somebody that can make you feel good and make you feel a bit better about your situation. And so I found that people kind of mirror you, at least in my case. And so in the middle of that, and I'm not going to give you any names because at the end of the day, it's not important. But I ran into somebody who was intimately involved in the decision not to practice today. Just happened at kind of a casual meeting, just ran into this individual. And they came up to me and said, hey, what's going on? I said, hey, how are things, you know? And so here is what they explained to me. So Friday was a scheduled day off for your football team. Rather than take the day off tomorrow, the football leadership group, I guess there are seven or eight individuals in that group, they among themselves had uh, really had a difficult time, I guess, absorbing some of the things that have happened, the Jacob Blake situation. And listen, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and offer an opinion about that. I'm not. Because everybody's going to react to that news differently. And that's not to say anybody's right or wrong. But how you and I feel about it is really not the issue. Some of our players, and they're much younger than us, okay? <laughs> and and I, I have not, for, I'm not too far forgotten from what it was like to be 17, 18, 19, 20 years old because I still have children within that demographic. And sometimes you don't even really have the ability to reason through things yourself. And uh, you know, I didn't grow up in a social media age. I've adapted as an adult. But I, I can assure you that a lot of the opinions that I had as an 18, 19-year-old young person don't resonate with me today. But basically what happened is some of the young people, you know, they've seen the videos that are out there riding around. There has been uh, this unrest. You know, then people say, well, you know, Steve, they're just kind of parroting what the NBA did. And you know what? Maybe so. Maybe. I, I'm not one that's going to assign motive to somebody else's actions. But the bottom line is that this is what they felt they needed to do. This is what they, they said, you know what? We need to get together and go speak to the coaches and say, hey, listen, let's take the day off today and practice tomorrow because you know what, coach, this is what we need to do. So the leadership of your team goes to Mike Leach and other coaches and say, hey, listen, this is what's going on. Man, some guys are really upset about this, and we think the best way to handle this is let's all just kind of provide a unified front. Let's all get together like we did with the, uh, the marches downtown you know, for Black Lives Matter and that sort of stuff. Let, let's, let's come together today and put this, you know, put this out front. Let's acknowledge the fact that we don't agree with this, 
we are kind of powerless in many respects to, to bring change in those communities. But in our community, we want people to hear our voice and say, you know what, this is unacceptable to us, and uh, we want to show a unified front. And I understand Mike Leach said, you know what, if you guys really believe in this, then let's do it. Then let's do it. Then let's take today off today. We'll practice on Friday. So we're not going to miss a day of practice. That's one of the things, you know, a lot, there's a lot of football purists out there when this began to happen. Said, hey, we're going to miss a day of practice. We got LSU coming up, man. How are we going to miss a day of practice? So we're not going to miss a day of practice. Okay, we're, we're just postponing practice by a day. And some would say, well, you know, what have you really lost then? Well, you really haven't lost anything, but I think you gain a lot. I don't know if you have seen the videos that are out there circulating of your players downtown at Unity Park. Saying, you know what, this is how we feel, and we love all of you, white, blue, black, red, whatever. We love all of you. And I think most Mississippi State fans love them right back. And I know there's some Bulldog fans right now that are thinking, you know, this is so stupid. And you, and you know what, you're entitled to that. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, uh, you know, that you're not entitled to your opinion. I think you're wrong, but I'm not going to begrudge you your opinion. What I saw today was a lot of unity on this team. And I think another, another byproduct of this, if you recall, there was some uh, fragmentation, shall we say, after the Leach news tweet. And I'm not going to offer an opinion on that. But, you know, we had, you know, we had one player transfer. We had another one transfer and try to use that as their reason for transferring, which you and I both know was complete nonsense. But Mike Leach comes out today and, and, uh, and has their back. Mike Leach comes out releases a statement of his own volition. You, got, you guys wanted him to tweet. I know it's a lot funner when he's uh, you know, tweeting out jokes and funny memes and that sort of stuff. But Co- Coach Leach comes out and says, okay, listen, you know, I, I'm going to sit here and uh, I'm going to stand with my guys. I'm going to ride with my team. Because there were some people that had say, listen, I bet Leach gets out there and just rolls those guys to death in the beach. I hope he turns the whole field into a beach. I saw that, saw that post earlier. And let's go ahead and punish these guys for having an opinion that is contrary to ours. That's not the words that we use, but that's about what we mean, right? It's like we're okay with everybody having a voice, and we're okay with everybody standing up for what they believe in as long as they believe as we do. Mike Leach says, I am proud to be the head football coach at Mississippi State. Well, thank you, Coach. We're happy to have you. I applaud our players for expressing some of their fears and anxieties today. I support them and look forward to working with them tomorrow to use football to elevate us and the people around us. Hell State! Exclamation point. That's Mike Leach's statement. I don't know that he could have made a better statement because I think there are some people within our fan base that want to believe that Mike Leach is going to be in opposition to the players standing up and again this is they didn't just walk out of practice they didn't just you know not show they went and had a meeting as men should do you know they didn't just kind of walk out and make this big some uh, you know some declaration and leave coach leach and the staff in a lurch this is something that had been brewing and they went as men and made an adult decision and handled things as adults those are the things that I see people say, well, this is so immature. I, I, I don't think they handled it immaturely. I think they handled it the best they possibly could. And I understand they went to Mike Leach as a coach. We don't have a problem with you. We don't have a problem with this team. We don't have a problem with our coach. We don't have a problem with this university. This has nothing to do with Mississippi State. 
but this is something that we feel like we need to do uh, to kind of provide unity as a team, but also, too, to kind of help some of these guys deal with it. Also, I understand that the, uh, the full resources of the sports psychology department, you know, the people that, uh, that speak with our student-athletes about mental health and all that, that they were called in. And it's one of the things that I think about. There, it is so difficult sometimes for us as adults to fully appreciate what young people are dealing with. And I, and I have some experience with that as a troubled youth, and I can promise you I was a lot harder to deal with than these guys were. But when you look back at all that through the lens of adulthood, sometimes you lose the true vantage point. Sometimes you lose the marker there. And I think it's important for people to kind of understand that, that, you know, we're looking through this as adults. And you know what, hey, listen, we have gone through so much as a people, as a college football family, to have an opportunity to watch college football. We, you know, we finally get over the hump here. We survived the Big Ten and the Pac-12, uh, you know, them making their silly decisions so early. And here we are. We're moving forward. We finally got something to look forward to, and then now we have this. Now we have this. And I get it. I understand that. I understand that concern. But I want to, you know, let, let's see if we can't, uh, you know, kind of assuage some of those concerns. They're, they're not going to lose any preparation time. They're not going to lose any practice time. In fact, I think this is going to be a unifying thing for this team. If you go out there and look, your players and your coaches are basically having a good old-fashioned down-by-the-river baptism session, uh, pardon the pun, together. They're standing together. One player will tweet something out. Other guys will retweet it and comment. Your coaches are doing it. They're, They're a team. And that's the thing that I look at all this and say, you know what, this might bring our team closer together, possibly more so than a practice session would. Is that here we are, because again, I think it's important to understand, and I'm going to say this as, as, I guess, as appropriately as I can, and I'm going to speak from the heart here, okay? I don't know what it means to be a young black man in America I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that experience. I only know my experience. And I also know from from opening my ears this year and talking to some former high school classmates of mine, and I shared this when we had the flag debate, we had much different experiences growing up, and, and that was that was something that I did not know. You know, we were when I went, we were so broke when I was a kid. We were as broke as the Ten Commandments, man. I mean, we were. Lived with my grandparents until I was eight years old. Uh, always wore discount rack shoes, wore hand-me-down clothes from my up, uh, older brother. I rarely got new stuff. Maybe my birthday or Christmas or back to school. But, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you're growing so fast. And I know many of you may have had a similar upbringing. But, you know, I, w- I was not born with a lot of confidence. You know, my parents divorced when I was 15 months old. And uh, so I came from a broken home, and, and uh, you know, you go to school. You don't find out you're different until you go to school. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you, you, your world is so small. And then you get there, and, you, you know, listen, you, you, know, you want to wear a cool shirt. You know, you want to wear stuff you're proud of. You know, I, me- I remember when, when they had those uh, Sesame Street shirts. Man, that was the coolest thing when I got something like that, rather than something that my brother had worn for a year or two. You know, so we didn't always have it so good. And as stressful as that was for me, 
there are a lot of people in Mississippi and around the country that had it worse than me. They would consider me, you know, somewhat privileged. And so, you know, I say those things because despite my humble beginnings, you know, I learned to have some confidence. I learned to find a way to succeed. I learned to find a way to win. And, and I, you know, that's people meet me today and they would think that, you know, I would never have thought that. You know, Steve, I remember, I remember being a first and second grade kid and getting up and going to school and feeling, feeling lesser than, feeling lesser than, because I didn't have much. And I didn't know that I didn't have anything until I went to school. You know, and you get there and you begin to realize, okay, well, why, why can't I have that? Remember those stop and go shoes that everybody had? I wanted those so bad, but I never got them. I never got them. And it became kind of a complex for me. So when my kids, <laughs> when I had kids, they got new shoes all the time. I, I, my uh, my oldest, Annie, I think I probably bought him six or seven pairs of Jordans over the years. Because I wasn't going to let my kids go to school with discount rack shoes on. And you know what? My parents did the best they could. My grandparents did the best they could do. And as an adult, I fully appreciate that. But many of these young people that we cheer for, and many of these young people that uh, we expect to kind of exemplify the traits that we, we, we hope that a student athlete exhibits at Mississippi State, they were born lesser than, and they've been treated lesser than. And many of them never really shake that. And so when something like this happens, it reinforces that, you know what, you're subservient. You are second class. You are not good enough. You don't have equal protection. You don't have equal rights. You are not on our level. And you know what? It might not be anything that you or I do purposely, but that is the belief. And so when you grow up in that, when you feel that you're second rate and then people treat you as second rate, you are going to respond, especially when you feel like that you have achieved something in life. And, and let's, let's go ahead and be honest here, too. Let's be brutally honest with one another because we love each other, right? We're all family. We can speak frankly to one another. And listen, you can disagree with me, and I won't think any less of you. But there are a lot of these young men that if they couldn't put a ball through a hoop or put a ball in the end zone, that there are a lot of people that wouldn't even let those kids cut their grass. But all of a sudden, you know, because they can help Mississippi State win, they can help us feel better about our lives and about the things that we invest in emotionally and financially. All of a sudden, they're our allies. We care about them. But then we have a situation like this, and, and so suddenly we're embarrassed by them. I, listen, I don't always agree with what people have to say. Very rarely do I agree with what people have to say. But one of the things that we're seeing around the country is there are a lot of people out there that have something to say, and it's, they have a tough time saying it, so they act out. And there are other people out there that are just destructive people. You know, one of the things that really riled me up recently is uh, those of you that know me, if you've listened to me you know, for, for years at all, you know uh, Chris Cornell is one of the uh, greatest influences on me probably creatively and, and spiritually in my life. I think Chris Cornell was a very special person. And when he decided to end his life, it was one of the most traumatic experiences of my adult life. And you can say, Steve, he's just a singer. Well, he wasn't to me. He wasn't to me. His words to this day are a huge part of the soundtrack of my life. And so last week I found out that some of these knuckleheads that are out there that, that really aren't, they're not rebels with a cause, they're just people out there just generating chaos. 
damaged the brand new Chris Cornell statue. And so I, I was very angry. I thought, you know what, if I could get my hands on those no goods, uh, I, I could probably keep them from, from damaging something else. Because you react emotionally. And you know what? I don't think Chris Cornell would want that. I don't think he would want me to go do that. And so I say those things because, listen, let's, let's be honest here. There are a lot of people out there that are in the news today that are doing things for the wrong reasons. And so if we can establish that as the baseline, that you know what? We, don't, we do not approve of some of the behavior that's being exhibited out there uh, that is maybe considered a protest. If, if that's the case, why can't we be proud of these young men that represent us for doing things the right way? And listen, I know the initial reaction is, you know what, Steve, they had a practice schedule today. They should have been there. They should have been there. There's a, there is something bigger than football. There is a responsibility and accountability to the team. You, made it, you, you signed a covenant when you signed a letter of intent to come here. You said, you know what, we're going to do things your way. You guys are going to pay for my education. I'm going to use my talent. I'm going to go play football for you. And uh, I'm going to do what the coaches asked me to do. And I think ordinarily that's the case. I mean, you know, listen, you, you, couldn't, go, you couldn't miss practice for a date right? But this is a much more important issue. And, I, and that's the thing, too, that I, that I think is lost in all of this. It may not be extremely important to you or I, but it was important to them. And because they are important to me, it becomes of greater importance to me. It's like when you love somebody, and that's one of the things that I share with people that I love all the time, is, you know, your enemies are my enemies. Your friends are my friends. And the things that bother you bother me. Because I want you to be happy. And so we talk about all the time about, you know, we are a family. We don't, Mississippi State, we don't have fans, we have family. That's kind of come, become a, a catchphrase for us. But we can't just consider each other family in times of joy. It's in times of turmoil that when you need your family the most. There's so many times in my life, I know that I've thought about that. It's like, you know what, uh, and, and I'll, I'll share a personal aside with you because it's my show. And I'm not doing a top ten list. i got the time to fill. I can say what I want. You know, when I was in rehab way back in 1991, and there are some people in my family that aren't going to like what I'm about to say, but I want to make sure that you get it, because that, that was a fragile age for me, and it's one of those things we talk about family. You know, people say, well, you know, you, you find out who really loves you when you really need something. It's easy to be my friend and to be my family when I'm signing books and I've, I'm on ESPN and that sort of stuff. That, it's easy then. To say, you know what, I'm proud of you. But you know, back when I was 19, I didn't do a lot of things that I was proud of. And there were certainly some people in my family that weren't proud. And so I got four sisters and a brother. And at the time I had a father, a stepmother, a mother and a stepfather. And then my grandparents raised me. And so they had this thing called family week where your family comes. It's about halfway through treatment. And it's a very traumatic experience because you find out all the things you did to hurt other people. You've all seen the shows on TV. You know, they read the little letter and everything, and they tell you all the things that they feel like they did to contribute to your demise, and they tell you about all the things that you did to hurt them, and all the times you stole money out of their purse, and, and uh, they had a bill to pay and got there to pay it and didn't have the money to pay it because you stole the money. You know what I'm saying? It's all these things you did wrong. And so I'm thinking, you know, we have family week, man. There's all these people going to be there, and um, they're probably going to have to have, you know, a special section for my family. And then it was family week, and the only person that came was my mom. Because everybody was done with me. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, 
and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. But I learned, and of course I've mended a lot of fences since then, but I learned then the importance of family. And there's a difference between your intimate family, your biological family, and the family you choose, which is what the Mississippi State family is. But I just find it a little bit, you know, hypocritical for us to say, you know what, hey, these guys are our guys. These guys are our guys. Man, I love those guys. Man, I love Colin Hill when he's out there running for a touchdown and beating Arkansas. Man, I love Willie Gay when he scooped up that fumble and he stuck it to, to the Ole Miss quarterback, John Rice Plumley. I love that. Man, Willie's my guy, man. But then all of a sudden, Willie gets involved in a little dust-up in practice. Oh, we got to run him off. We've got to run him off. Got to run him off. You know, well, I like Colin Hill when he's scoring touchdowns, but, you know, Colin, I don't need you to say anything about a flag. And so we just, I think we just kind of need to decide who we want to be. You know, I, I know who I want to be. Uh, I don't want to be popular for just telling you all the things you want to hear. I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm sure there's some people right now that have already turned off the show, and you know what, you're probably the kind of people that need to hear it. I support these young men. And initially, I was very upset with these young men because I thought, you know what, these guys are going to make us all look bad because I was being selfish. I was being selfish in thinking about because of my affiliation with Mississippi State, because of my love affair with Mississippi State, that Mississippi State was going to be, you know, the image of Mississippi State will be somewhat diminished. I think now that I've had an opportunity to gather more of the facts, I think the image of Mississippi State is going to be enhanced. Speaking of enhancement, visit our friends at Hawthorne.co. They will enhance much of your life just by putting on the right cologne. Many of us have bought cologne for years and had no idea what we were buying. We had no idea how to buy cologne. We didn't know what fit us. And maybe we've got to wear cologne today that uh, doesn't match our biochemistry. Go to Hawthorne.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co, promo code Boneyard. Take the little short two-minute quiz. Get a cologne that fits you. Your batting average will absolutely improve on your love life. There is no doubt. And you know what? If you're already retired from all of that, the people around you will be grateful because of the fact that you're going to wear a cologne, number one, it smells fabulous. But your whole demeanor is going to change. I wear my cologne even when I'm not going anywhere because I like how it smells. It gives me a lot of confidence, and it will you as well. Again, it's Hawthorne.co, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. Okay, so I want to get to some other things, too, in relation to this. Because uh, I think it's important for us to kind of, let, let, let's just kind of put all our cards on the table. Uh, we're going to move forward into practice on Friday. Now, we did not have a media opportunity on Thursday. It was scheduled, but due to the circumstances, it was canceled. And I don't blame Mississippi State for canceling that, because you and I both know what all the questions would have been about. And then that kind of prolongs the issue. It's not that we should be ashamed of the event. I think also, too, let the event speak for itself. Rather than have the coaches get out there and try to frame this thing up for the players, the players have made a statement. Let the players' statement kind of stand on its own. We'll practice on Friday. I suspect we won't have a media availability then either. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know if we should. We get Mike Leach on Saturday, and perhaps the, the, the best person to speak on this topic is Mike Leach. 
I think I don't know that I would want an assistant coach being the first guy in front of a mic after a situation like this because I think Mike Leach is going to be probably more articulate and probably uh, a little better prepared to handle that question. And not to mention he's the head coach. It's his football program. And, yes, he has made a statement on Twitter, but you and I both know he's going to get peppered with these questions. Uh, I don't think it's a situation, too, where people are going to try to blindside Mike Leach. There's a lot of people out there that, that, that think that Mike has this acrimonious relationship with the media. Sure, he has had some issues with some guys in the past, uh, but he's been great with me. I think he's been great with our people here. I know sometimes people try to create mountains out of molehills where there really isn't any issues there. Uh, but I, I suspect that uh, you know, Mike will speak after the scrimmage and uh, – and we'll begin to kind of move forward. But this is, listen, this is not a stain on the season, as some people have, have made it out to be. I think in the end, this can be a very, very positive thing. Uh, and listen, I've read some people on Facebook said, you know what, I have given my last hour to Mississippi State. I'm finished with all this. I'm so sick of it. And you know what, I can't tell you what to do with your money. But I tell you this, I think there are a lot of people out there that just need to take a deep breath. There are a lot of people, and, and listen, I saw all this stuff going on on social media I saw people, some of the people that I really care about, some people that I like, you're kind of arguing about this topic. I don't, I don't know that if we gain anything with the infighting. I just don't think that's important. I don't, I don't know that the image of Mississippi State is enhanced by that. When Mississippi State people get out there and argue among themselves and say, hey, we need to cut all these kids from the team, well, that's the whole team. So we're just going to start fresh next year. I don't think that makes any sense. I think you take it for what it is, you know, and again – I think initially when people first heard, they didn't know even half of the details. So your initial reaction, much like mine is, was, is many these guys walked out on us. These guys walked out on us. That's not the case. These guys are very proud to represent Mississippi State, represent you. And it's just like Colin Hill said on Twitter tonight. He goes, I know there's a lot of people out there that are going to give us a lot of heat for this. We're going to love you anyway. And we're going to love all those people to stand by us. And, and that's the thing, too. Nobody's asking you to take stand. Nobody's asking you for an opinion. Nobody's asking you to march in a parade. Nobody's asking you to participate in a demonstration. Nobody's asking you to, to vote or anything like that. I don't know how our roles have, as fans have really changed through this. But I think it's important, again, even when we do not agree with the message, especially that we encourage young people to speak up. I think it's very, very important that we allow people to have a voice. Even, and probably more importantly, when we don't agree. It's easy, again, it's easy to put a, you know, to gaslight somebody when they agree with us. I believe that all speech should be protected. All speech. You don't like the president? I think you ought to be able to say that. You know, we, we fled to England because uh, if you criticize King George, then they would behead you or throw you in prison. We fought a revolution over things like that. So we would have the ability to have free speech. And that's the thing, too, is it's not common speech that needs to be protected. It's not popular speech that needs to be protected. It's uncommon and controversial speech that needs to be protected. That's what freedom is. And I'm not a big proponent of this uh, cancel culture we have either. It's like, oh, I don't agree with your line of thinking. I don't agree with your politics. I'm going to get you fired. You posted something on Facebook that hurt my feelings, and most of you don't even have any feelings, and I'm included in that. There are so many things. I heard this in an AA meeting one time, and uh, I know I'm breaking tradition by, by, by sharing this, and, you know, okay, kick me out. Uh, the bottom line is this guy said, you know, 
95% of the things that people get pissed off about is not their business. And I heard that and it resonated with me because it was true about me. I was always the first one to have a strong opinion about things, whether I was informed on the topic or not. I enjoyed arguing with people. I knew that I could beat you in the argument, even if you were better, better educated on the topic, because I would argue you down. And then as you grow and mature a little bit, and I believe that I have, you begin to realize you learn a lot more by listening. Nobody likes to know it all anyway. We've all got those friends, and most of them, I think most of them are on Facebook, that uh, they're experts on everything, and uh, they know everything, and if you don't believe me, ask them. And so they get caught up in all that stuff, and so they're the first people to get out there and write these outlandish comments. And, and listen, Ben Portnoy, that, that writes for the Columbus Dispatch, is a friend of mine. And uh, they were recently, you know, ben, ben Portnoy, number one, should not have to ever answer any questions about his sexuality. And Ben has a girlfriend. But because somebody disagreed with an article that he wrote, uh, they chose to take some shots at, at his, you know, his alleged sexuality. They don't know anything about the guy. And so I began to think to myself, it's like, well, why is this, uh, why is this acceptable? Why would somebody think, okay, well, you know, that's just kind of how so-and-so is. We've got to call that stuff out, man. You've got to call that stuff out. You do. It's inappropriate. I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care how you worship. I don't care what you believe in. It doesn't make any difference to me. I am a live and let live guy. How you feel about, I mean, listen, you can, you can think that the higher power concept, you can think that uh, God rides a Harley and smoke Roy Tans and I'll still be your friend. I won't share that belief with you, but I'll still be your friend. And so usually what happens is like, I guess Mark Twain's the one that said slander is a tool of the loser. You know, it's like when you're losing an argument, you know, the first person to get personal has already lost the debate. And so there's so much that it happens on social media because, you know, people are cloaked in anonymity for the most part, especially on Twitter. Uh, but, you know, this whole situation with Ben, the guy was confronted and, and uh, was even quoted in the paper and says he didn't even know how to post anything on Facebook. But then you go look at his Facebook page and there's something posted every day. You know, it's, it's like something Mason Miller said this week, probably one of the greatest things I've ever heard. He goes, you know, either be good or be bad, but don't be both. And I agree with that. Either get to being bad or get to being good. And, be, and commit to it one way or another. If, you, if you're going to be the jerk, if you're going to be that guy that posts something on Facebook or social media that's infamatory and defamatory about somebody else, then stand behind it. If you really believe that, if you felt strong enough to post it, then be man or woman enough to stand behind it. Uh, I, have, I have taught some people some accountability in that lesson, for those of you that uh, have lost track of that. Uh, I don't really care what people say about me, but when you involve my family, I'm, I'm going I'm to respond to that. And I've got people that I pay a lot of money um, you know, to protect me at times. Uh, and there are other, other people that are involved that protect me out of their own uh, goodwill. You know, it's just one of those things that I think about. There are so many people out there that uh, are so hypercritical of somebody else for something that they do or say that's really not their business. You know, it's like it's one of those things that happens with Mississippi State. If we have a guy get in trouble, we have a guy that gets arrested for public drunk or whatever, it's awful. It is. And we recently had Malik Heath you know, get the DUI. Listen, that reflects negatively on us. But here's the thing. It's not happening to us. It's happening to him. And sometimes we, we kind of lose the differential there. I think it's important for us sometimes to just take a deep breath. Before we go post, before we 
before we do anything to paint the Mississippi State family in a negative light, I think it's important for us to have the facts. That's one of the things that I do when, I, when I'm in a foul mood. I just, I just stay off Twitter for a while because I know there's sometimes some, probably some of the funniest and most sarcastic things that I have ever written are drafts of tweets I never sent. But I thought better of it. I always think, you know what, I don't, I'm, not, I'm a big fan of, uh, of not deleting tweets. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if I, if I tweet it, I keep it unless I immediately find that I made a, a spelling mistake. And then I'm like everybody else, my ego gets involved. If it's already got a bunch of retweets and likes, I just kind of roll with it. <laughs> it's just Twitter, right? But there are so many times something will happen, whether we'll lose a ball game or uh, you know, something negative happens. And I want to lash out because of my love for Mississippi State. And I have to think about what message is this sending, not just as a business person, not just as a Mississippi State media credentialed reporter. What does it mean for me as a person? It, does this tweet, does this post represent my true feelings about this person, this situation, or this institution? And if I can't pass that litmus test, I don't need to hit send. It's just, it's not important. And so we spent a lot of time talking about this today, and we actually are going to talk some football here in a few minutes before we get out of here. But I don't know your opinions, but I wanted to give you some facts. And to give you a brief summary, your players of their own volition decided to go to your coaches and say, hey, coach, here's what we want to do, and here's why. And then your coaches said, you know what, guys, if, if you really believe that in your heart, if that's what you want to do, then we support you. And if, that's, if it's good enough for Mike Leach and his staff, it should be good enough for the rest of us. Campus Bookmark's good enough for you. Longtime sponsors of this show, man. Stan, I can promise you Stan Ray will treat you right. You go over there and see him, Miss Kathy Brown. Uh, they're not going to care who you voted for either. They're not going to care about uh, what you posted on Facebook. They just want to serve you. They want to give you guys a quality product for a quality price and help you outfit your home or your wardrobe or your office, your pet, whatever, in the latest in maroon and white fashions and novelty items. Visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and that'll save you shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. And any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Absolutely incomplete. Go check it out. Get your mask. That's one thing I see a bunch of you folks walking, you Mississippi State folks walking around with a nondescript mask. If we got to wear them, get a good one, get one that works, and get one that represents who you are as a person. I see a lot of people kind of walking around with something they picked up at a flea market. Uh, listen, go ahead and make the investment because we're probably going to be wearing these things for a while. So it gets you something that's going to last, and you can find that at campusbookmart.net. Uh, Standing man, I'm happy to order some more. Okay, so let's get into some football talk. We, uh, we didn't, you didn't just come here to hear me preach, right? I mean, I'm not going to pass around an offering plate and, and uh, we'll hum just as I am or anything like that. Uh, so a few things, and I discussed some of this on Bo Bound Show on Thursday morning and then I wrote about some of it also on Gene's page. But I want to make sure that you guys kind of understand some of the things that I'm hearing. The first thing that I want to say is uh, Will Rogers from Brandon High School has proven to be a special player for you already. You guys are aware that Mississippi State signed one quarterback last year. A lot of people thought, okay, well, we don't even need to offer Will Rogers because Will Rogers grew up the son of Wyatt Rogers, the family's Ole Miss fans. If we offer, it's going to laugh in our face and go to Ole Miss. That, that was kind of the perception. That's not what happened. We offered Will. Joe Moorhead won the family over, and Wyatt Rogers told me himself, as soon as they committed, they were completely done. didn't matter if it was a coaching change at Ole Miss. They were excited about it. 
Will was a great fit for the offense, and I think he's probably an even better fit for the Mike Leach offense. As you guys are aware, Mike Leach actually recruited and offered him at Washington State. You know, discovered him through Gardner Minshew, and Gardner Minshew, of course, has uh, done some pretty big things in the air raid offense. But Will Rogers, I understand, is really pushing Garrett Schrader for the number two spot. Now, it's not Will's spot yet. Garrett Schrader still competing as well. And, uh, yeah, Garrett Schrader is a competitor. That's one of the things that I, I think sometimes people discount him. But Will Rogers has really come on. Will Rogers has really come in on. I understand that he has some maturity about him and a poise and a patience and, and you know, not a command of the offense yet, but kind of an understanding of what Mike Leach wants at the quarterback position. So the, the early reviews of him, you know, seven, eight practices through the first fall camp, very, very favorably. Now, running back. We all know Colin Hill's the guy. And sometimes it's a roller coaster with Colin Hill, okay, because, uh, you know, one day he's a Hell State guy and the next day he's ready to quit. You know, it's like he, anything that comes to mind for Colin Hill, he tweets. And I'm not saying that to be, be critical of Colin, but that's just kind of who he is. He is an emotional guy. Uh, and so, but behind him, you know, it's a, it's, there's a battle. We all know Colin's going to be the guy. But who's the number two? Well, I've heard some really encouraging things about a couple guys. And, there, and it's, of course, people will message me and say, Steve, you didn't mention so-and-so. Well, you know, just because I didn't hear them in this context. Doesn't mean they're not doing good. Doesn't mean they're not practicing hard, working hard. They just weren't mentioned to me in these recent conversations. But I understand Jaquavius Marks. He was an early enrollee in January. He and Will Rogers both. I understand he is dynamic. I understand he has really, really acclimated well. Uh, to college life. And I understand he's doing a great job. He's a great receiver by the backfield. He's very dynamic. He's a lot like Kylan Hill, just not quite as big, nor would you expect him to be. But I understand if we had to start a ball game today, he would be your number two running back. And I also have been told that Kareem Walker has been a real leader in our locker room, a very positive guy during the workouts. And I understand he's also embraced his role and kind of understands that he's going to be a situational guy but he has not let that diminish his enthusiasm about playing football. He's also a guy, too, that I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him back next year. You know, remember he lost a year of eligibility last year, and since we're having the mulligan year this year, he might kind of get that year back, and that might be a good thing for Mississippi State considering that we don't have uh, much experience on the roster itself. Now, he is not the receiver out of the backfield that Marks or Colin Hill are, but he is a good one-cut runner, and he, and he brings a little thump with him. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to need that. And so I think it's a role for him on this team. But I have been told that he has been, you know, a, a pleasant surprise in many respects uh, when it comes to the locker room and the workouts and that sort of stuff. I understand he's a great teammate. Wide receiver, we, we, we've all heard a lot about Austin Williams and, uh, you know, Javante Payton and Osiris Mitchell. But uh, a lot of discussion here as of late about Tulu Griffin. Now, Tulu Griffin is going to play a lot. I don't believe he starts, but I am told that he is going to play a lot. He's going to be in a rotation. He's one of those guys, too, much like his other freshmen that are being mentioned, that he has come in and not had this excuse me type attitude. He has come in as if he belongs. And I think that's extremely important. Confidence goes a long way in life, especially in college football. If you show up and you're intimidated, these guys will run you over. You've seen some of the video clips out there, Tula Griffin making people look silly in space. Uh, this is the guy that can help us. So we're going to see, especially since we have this mulligan year, you're going to see a lot of these young guys play and then be able to retain four years of eligibility and still have a redshirt year available should they need it. But I like what I'm hearing from these young guys, and that's just on offense. You know, of course, we've heard a lot of good things about Emmanuel Forbes and the Cameron Richardson and others. 
But uh, I think here's the deal. I think we've got to be, be honest with ourselves here. Jim Moorhead did a good job recruiting at Mississippi State. And a lot of people still have some bitter feelings about Joe. And listen, those will subside. Joe Moorhead's a good man. He didn't win enough here. He kind of let some things get away from him. But recruiting wasn't one of them. Joe did a good job recruiting. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't have gotten more guys, uh, you know, back in 2019 when the state was so talent-rich. But the guys that we did sign are going to be able to help us. I'm a huge Dylan Johnson fan. Huge, huge Dylan Johnson fan. I think he's going to do a good job for us. But I think now the fact that many of these young guys are coming in kind of, you know, demanding to play, and not with their mouths but with their, their practice habits, I think it goes to show you the staff did a good job evaluating, identifying the proper prospects to come in and help Mississippi State. And listen, sometimes you sign guys that are two- and three-year projects. But when you have guys that can come in here and you know, you know what, hey, listen, we might have these guys for five years. And they might be able to play for five years. I think it says a lot, especially when you consider the positions of need. And we've got a couple of those, wide receiver and corners especially. Got some guys that we're going to need to play. And so, again, tip of the cap of Jim Moorhead and his staff, and I think Marcus Johnson, arguably the best offensive line recruiter we've had in a long time, wrote an article about that on, on uh, Thursday morning. You know, we have had some real recruiting successes on the offensive line the last couple of years, and that was a sore spot for many years when John Hevesy was here. And John Hevesy, heck of a football coach. Not a very patient recruiter, but he was a great developer of talent. And, uh, you know, people forget. I mean, you go back and think about, you know, back that 2009-2010 offensive line, I mean, just think, you know, left to right there, you had a bunch of Mississippi guys. You know, Derek Sherrod, of course, Quentin Salisbury, J.C. Brignoni, Tobias Smith, Addison Lawrence, all Mississippi kids, all recruited by Sylvester Croom, and probably guys that never even got a sniff from the University of Florida outside of Sherrod. Then you go, you, those guys kind of push on and graduate, and what do you do? You come back in 14, and you've got guys that weren't even as highly recruited as those guys. you got Blaine Clausell out of Baker High School down there as a two-star kid. We couldn't even get three stars for him, right? Then you got a kid named Devin Desper from Madison Central that played the guard positions. you got Dylan Day. Dylan Day, one of the meanest kids they ever put the uniform on. Ben Beckwith was a walk-on. He had an opportunity to play, I believe, at, at – uh, at Holmes County Community College and Mississippi College. And he comes to Mississippi State and is a multi-all-SEC uh, player of the week. These guys can play. And you go get Justin Sr., a French-Canadian, that goes to, uh, you know, to Hargrove or Hargrave. You know, those listen, those guys weren't especially talented. They certainly weren't highly recruited. So John Havisey did a good job of getting what he could out of the talent available to him. And listen, I think if he'd been a little more patient recruiter, probably would have had uh, some better success. But then when you go look, Marcus Johnson comes in, and, and a lot of people were like, hey, this is a rebel coming in here. He's not going to recruit hard for us and probably did a better job signing offensive line prospects since anybody since Jackie Sherrill days, right? You go out and get Charles Cross, one of the most highly recruited players and highly ranked players in Mississippi State history. Nick Penley turned down opportunities from Miami and USC to come to Mississippi State. Then you go out and get Grant Jackson, Kelvin McMillian last year. You get Brandon Cunningham the year before from Miami commitment. And you know what? Hevesy basically passed on the kid. Marcus Johnson wouldn't got him. You know, this year you're going to sign five OLs and kind of get some things going, probably get you a stopgap guy, hopefully Caleb ATN. But it's the thing you look at and you begin to realize, you know, as good as we have been, we probably could have been better. We'd been a little bit better up front. And so that excites me. 
and I think that we're going to see some recruiting wins this year's this year's you can't you can't judge these new staffs this year you just can't you can't especially on a recruiting trail you can't get out and have spring evaluation you couldn't have them on your campus for summer camps you, you hadn't been out to go out and see them you're not going to be able to see them to at least October 1st and so you're having to make decisions on the fly about players you don't know an awful lot about. And if you wait too long to take them, you could find yourself in a real dogfight. That's why I think it's important to take guys like Gabe Cavazos. Because once people see his senior film, all of a sudden you're going to be in a fight. Go ahead and get him in the boat, get it done, get his parents wearing maroon and white, you can feel good about life. That's the risk you run being a recruiter. If you wait too late, and all of a sudden the kid comes back and says, you know what, Coach, well, where were you when uh, – when Ole Miss offered, where were you when Auburn offered? You got to get out and get going, especially on in-state kids. Uh, but I feel good about the direction of that. And you think about our offensive line now, the talent we have available right now is probably better than what we had in 2010 and 2014. If we had to play a game today, here's what I, here's what I expect to have on offensive line. Charles Cross at left tackle, future NFL guy. Greg Island, I think he's going to move inside and play guard, probably left guard. He's been, a, he's been a starting left tackle, a starting right tackle. Now he can play guard. And I think that's probably what he plays on the next level anyway. Cole Smith competing with James Jackson for the center spot. Cole's running with the ones. Darian Parker, a very steady right guard for us. And then now Dollar Bill Johnson's running at right tackle. And the best thing about all of that is you start running down the line there you know, Darian Parker and Island, your guards, both of your guards are seniors that will likely move on. Okay, even though it's a mulligan year, they'll likely move on. I suspect both of them will have a, an opportunity to play pro football. Maybe not drafted, but there'll be a UFA somewhere. And you're, you're probably, you've got more depth at guard than you've got a tackle. You've got Nick Pendley kind of wedding in the wings. You've got LaQuinston Sharp, who will, will kind of get the benefit of a redshirt year this year have that guy around and so my point with all that is is these guys are going to grow together you know Cole Smith's a sophomore Charles Cross is a redshirt freshman Dollar Bill Johnson a sophomore and so the three most important spots on your line are handled for for conceivably the next three years that's good news and then Nick Penley is a guy that I I fully expect him to play a lot this year as a two guard uh, and have an opportunity as a two-deeper to kind of get out there and play. And so when Iwand and Parker move on, Penley moves into your lineup, and he's from that same recruiting class as Charles Cross. And so these guys can kind of gel and then have some continuity in the years ahead. Because every year it seems like we're replacing two or three linemen. It'd be nice to have a group that could kind of be cohesive over a period of years. And I think that's what we're about to see here at Mississippi State. And, again, I think we have historically recruited, uh, you know, kind of hit or miss on the offensive line, and I believe we kind of turned a corner with, uh, with Marcus Johnson. And I think Mason Miller's going to do a good job. Uh, I really do. I think a lot of people forget that, that we had a huge early recruiting win when we got McKaylin Pounders from Bahalia uh, to commit to Mississippi State over Ole Miss. And it's still a battle. You know, it's not over. Arkansas is still on him, and, of course, Ole Miss is still on him. Uh, but he's committed to Mississippi State. He's had every opportunity to commit to Arkansas and Ole Miss and has remained committed to Mississippi State. So I think that's important. I think it's also important to understand the best days are likely ahead with this offensive line group. Now we just kind of have to build on those successes and kind of make sure that we're in a good position kind of moving forward 
Uh, so we're not having to do things like uh, you take a tight end, a converted tight end, and put him at left tackle like we do with Rufus Warren. And that's not to be critical of Rufus. Rufus was asked to do a job he didn't sign on to do. He was going to be a tight end for us. And then because he was a team guy, he agreed to bulk up and go play tackle. Same thing for James Carmen. You know, James Carmen signed out of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College as a defensive lineman and then ends up playing left tackle for us out of need at Mississippi State. And so it would be nice to avoid those kind of things in the future. You, know, you recruit guys and uh, you develop them and not have to play a game of musical chairs just to kind of put an offensive line together. And, again, I'm not being critical of any of those guys. Uh, I think Mississippi State fans owe a debt of gratitude to a guy like Rufus Warren. Rufus Warren – uh, had to go, you know, replace some some guys that were very very talented, and uh, did it because of his love for Mississippi State. I mean, he could have very easily just stayed at tight end because we use a tight end a lot in the Dan Mullen offense, even though it was kind of an attached piece. But the bottom line is, you know, Rufus Warren gave everything he had for Mississippi State, and I'll never forget him on Senior Day, him walking out of that tunnel with the, I guess that protective boot on, the tears in his eyes, and I and I, I welled up with tears too because it shows how much it meant to him. It shows what Mississippi State means to Rufus. And I know a lot of people keep up with Rufus on social media. He's a great guy, and I uh, think a lot of him. The pride of Indianola, Mississippi, man. I, I'm a big Rufus Warren fan, and I and I'll never forget uh, how hard he fought for Mississippi State in 2015. And you know what? With mixed results. I mean, he gave you the best he had. Uh, but, he, again, he was doing a job, but he didn't sign on to do and, and kind of covered for some recruiting misses under John Havasey. Uh, so, again, Rufus, thank you so much for your contributions to Mississippi State. And uh, I enjoy you being my friend. And every time that you're, that you're around, it's always a good time. Well, speaking of good times, this one's coming to an end. And, uh, again, it's been, uh, it's been an eventful 24 hours. And so I just encourage you to have a little patience and understand that uh, it is okay for us to disagree. We can disagree and remain friends and remain family and still be united under the maroon and white banner, even if sometimes people take political stances that you don't agree with. That's perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay. It's okay to be disagreeable. It doesn't mean that we can't be friends anymore. It doesn't mean that we got to go gut the football team just because somebody's feelings are hurt. And so if I said some things today, if I stepped on your toes, good, I hope it hurts. Uh, because I believe that we as a fan base need to rally behind these young men. I think the last thing we need to do, the worst thing for Mississippi State would be for our fans to be out there being critical of our players and saying, you know what, you guys should be run off. They ought to pull your scholarship. That that doesn't help us at all. I think about the recruiting aspect of all of this. You know, listen, you know, Colin Hill became a national brand uh, for speaking out against the flag. We've had a situation like this. You know, it's, Mississippi State has always kind of been the university on the right side of history when it's come to these issues, and I don't think that will ever change. And so I'm not the least bit surprised to see these people because they were attracted to Mississippi State for a reason. We are the people of Melvin Barkham. We are. We are the, we are the people of Frank Dowsing. We are the people of Robert Bell. And I'll never forget those things. I think it's important to remember that those guys came and played for Mississippi State when uh, times weren't so good. But they gave their all for Mississippi State, and these guys will too. That's going to do it for today. We'll see you next time. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, 
which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.